Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Happy Advent, friends. I hope your season is going well. I've been slowing down and spending more time at home, definitely getting my fill of Hallmark Christmas movies. If you don't know who I am, my name is Rochelle Lucero, and I am the host and the creator of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Since last week, we've received donations from Lewis and Tony, and I want to send both of them a very big thank you because this podcast is only possible because of the donations from listeners like yourself. If you have found value in the Clumsy Theosis podcast, please take a moment and consider donating. And you can make your donation at clumsytheosis.net. When you get there, all you have to do is click the donate button in the menu. The other day, the phrase, peace on earth, goodwill to all men, caught my attention. And it was the word peace specifically. Peace is something that we talk about and even sing about in a very special way during Advent and Christmas. We even bestow Jesus with the title Prince of Peace, which we get from Psalm 9, verse 6, if you didn't know. This is a prophetic psalm that says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it got me thinking, Peace must be extraordinary and very powerful if it's something that we call Christ. We call him Prince of Peace. See, peace, it's not merely an absence of war. Peace is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that we read about in Galatians chapter 5. And it's a mark of a child of God, according to the Beatitudes, where we read, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called child of God. When I hear that, I'm like, yeah, I have the Holy Spirit, courtesy of my baptism and confirmation, so I know I can bear fruit of the Holy Spirit. Also, I'm a child of God, thanks again to my baptism, so I know I'm also a peacemaker. And I'm thinking, man, I must be golden when it comes to peace. From the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, I should have this peace thing on lock. But I don't. Because people still irritate the heck out of me, I still get angry, and I can still feel pain and hurt at the thought of particular people in past situations. And I'm pretty sure that this is a universal experience for most people. And why is that? Because peace requires something else, something additional. In his message on the 30th annual day of peace, JP2 wrote this. He said, Peace can never begin unless an attitude of sincere forgiveness takes root in the human heart. Offering and accepting forgiveness is the essential condition for making the journey towards authentic and lasting peace. Typically, we associate forgiveness with the cross, with Lent, and with Good Friday. And then when we think about Advent, we're thinking about hope and joy and twinkle lights and presents. But Advent is traditionally a mini Lent. And it's a time for preparation and not just preparation of our homes with all the decorations and preparation of our pantries for all the big feasts we're going to cook. It's a preparation of our interior, of our hearts. And I did an episode recently called Let Your Heart Be an Altar. And if you haven't heard that, I really think it's vital, especially during this time of the year. And I'm going to put that in the show notes if you're interested in listening to it. And I think that you probably should listen after this episode. But back to us preparing our hearts. 
I mean, if we're going to be welcoming the Prince of Peace into our hearts in just under two weeks, I think we have to have a peaceful environment for him to stay. I mean, it's just the polite thing to do. But all joking aside, the Prince of Peace came to bring us peace. And for that reason, since forgiveness is a requirement for peace, then we have to realize that forgiveness is for our well-being. And I know that that can sound cheesy and even kind of like a hollow platitude, but here's what happens when we don't forgive, when we have unforgiveness, when we push aside our hurts and we don't deal with them and the people that cause them. For starters, unforgiveness, it's a sin. And like all sin, it separates us from God in one way or another. And when we are hurt or we're wronged in any way, we can tend to adopt techniques of self-preservation, you know, to protect ourselves from that pain and from future pains. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, how often do we do this? How often do we demonize the person who has hurt us and we take away their humanity or we cut them out of our lives? I mean, sometimes that's necessary, but we we tell ourselves things like you have to toughen up. We stuff our stuff, you know, we stuff it down and we brush it off and we act like it didn't happen or it didn't matter or that we can handle it and we're okay. And we make these packs with ourselves to not let anything else like that ever happen to us again. When we become this self-reliant, we turn our hearts away from God. We cut ourselves off from experiencing his healing that he wants to bring to those moments because essentially we are cutting ourselves off from his love. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't love God or we don't want to be with him, but in reality, we have shut our hearts and our minds off from him. And I've been reading this book with a friend of mine recently. It's called Be Healed, A Guide to Encountering the Powerful Love of Jesus in Your Life. It's by Dr. Bob Schutz. Uh, This book, I think it's brilliant. I think the title, I don't know, it could kind of throw you off. I mean, for me, if I see something that just says Be Healed on the cover, I'm just thinking like, is it cheesy or is it brilliant? You know, like, are they referring to scripture where Jesus says in countless occasions when he's healing people, when he says Be Healed? I mean, it took me a while to think that maybe that could be the (laughs) reason behind the title. But just at first glance, I was like, hmm, I don't know what this is all about. But I'm going to tell you, it is brilliant. If you have a chance to read it, I suggest you do. I'll link I'll link it down in the show notes also. But he says this. He says, when we turn our gaze inward towards ourselves rather than looking outward towards the Father, we wrongly think that we're protecting ourselves. And what we are actually doing is opening the doorways of our souls to demons, which were ready and waiting to establish their false protection and comfort at those times. And then before we know it, we have been brought into spiritual slavery in a particular area of our life. And I'm like, say what? That is crazy and really, really creepy. And I don't know about you, but I read things like that and I'm like, yeah, I want to be a forgiving machine. I want to forgive everybody right now. And you might be like, yeah, me too. I'm totally with you on this, Rochelle. And then you stop and you think, well, you know, except for that one person or that one group of people, I mean, I just can't forgive them. I can't forgive them now. You just don't understand what went down between us, how they treated me, the severity of it. And I'm going to say, you're right. I I don't know. But I'd also like to remind you what forgiveness is not, because I think people have false understandings of forgiveness, and that's what keeps them from actually forgiving. So forgiveness is not pardoning or excusing what anyone has done. It's not having to tell that person that he or she is forgiven. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you should never have any more feelings about the situation. Forgiveness doesn't mean that there's nothing further that you need to work out in that relationship or that everything's okay. 
right? That's not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget the the incident ever happened, nor does forgiveness mean that you continue to include that person in your life because sometimes that's just unhealthy for you and for them. And forgiveness doesn't mean you are doing something for the other person. In fact, quite the opposite. You are forgiving for yourself because it is beneficial to you. And I like to exclude what a thing isn't before I learn what it is that, I mean, maybe I'm just backwards that way, but it makes things much clearer to me somehow. And I'm wondering right now if you know anyone else who needs to hear this, who needs to hear what forgiveness is not. Take a moment right now and send them this info um, to this episode so that they can listen. And don't forget, you can send people over to clumsytheosis.net if they don't listen to podcasts regularly and they don't do the podcast app thing. Send them to clumsytheosis.net. Now that we know what forgiveness is not, what exactly is forgiveness? When we forgive, we're accepting the reality of what happened and we're finding a way to live in a state of resolution with that. And this is according to... um, psychology today. As Catholics, we know that the best way to live in a state of resolution is to do that with the Lord, right? And the truest and the deepest forgiveness is only possible with the grace of God. But when it comes to grace, I think we forget sometimes that we can ask for grace because grace is freely given to us to help us live out our call to be children of God, to live in relationship with him, and to live as true Christians. Forgiveness totally fits this criteria. Now, there are strongholds that um, are created when we don't forgive, strongholds in our heart, and they can keep us from receiving the healing grace that we, we want and we definitely need when someone has wronged us. And these strongholds, they're going to imprison us and inevitably cause us to hurt other people because if we're hurting, even if we don't realize it, even if we put the hurt out of sight and out of mind, we're still hurt and we know that people who are hurting end up hurting other people inevitably. So forgiveness heals us. JP2 also says that forgiveness is heroic. And I can definitely contest to that. I have gone through some very traumatic instances in my life later on in adulthood when I realized the power of healing and how important it is to the faith, to my faith, to my journey with the Lord. And let me tell you, it's heroic. I'm going to pat myself on the back for this one because I, I, I earned it. It was difficult. Because forgiveness can be a lot like grief sometimes. You know, it's this process that ebbs and flows. And sometimes we think that we've totally forgiven and we've healed. And then all of a sudden, it like rears its ugly head again out of nowhere. But that's okay because it's a process and we have to continue on with the process because the Lord's always there helping us in that process of forgiveness. Along with God's grace, forgiveness also requires our mercy, meekness, and humility. When we see the people who hurt and wronged us through a lens of mercy, we see their humanity. We might not want to, but we do. We see that they are broken sinners just like us. Now, we might not sin the same way. You might be like, Rochelle, I would never do what they did. True, but the point is that they have sinned just like you sin, and they are in need of mercy just like you are in need of mercy from other people and from the Lord. So remember what unforgiveness does to a person, right? It hardens the heart. It causes anger, pain, and bitterness. Whereas meekness, it's going to soften the heart and make us able to receive love, especially God's love, which it's always going to bring healing and it's always going to be accompanied by grace. And humility. Forgiveness requires our humility to go to God in prayer, right? Our humility to not stuff our stuff away and not act like we can handle it. We got it all under control. But above all, the foundation for forgiveness is willingness. I'm going to say that again. The foundation for our forgiveness is willingness. To go to the Lord and say, 
I don't know how to forgive this person, but I'm willing. Show me the way. Or like my previous pastor used to tell me in confession very frequently, to approach the Lord and say, I forgive with my lips. Lord, help my heart to follow. And if you feel like you might need a little bit extra strength to forgive, I mean, before you embark on the process or even during the process, I find a lot of comfort and encouragement in the words of JP2, who said, God's forgiveness becomes in our hearts an inexhaustible source of forgiveness in our relationships with one another. Basically, he's saying, confess your unforgiveness, and then you're going to receive God's grace in that sacrament of reconciliation. And when you do that, you can use that grace and you can ask for help with your unforgiveness. And you can ask for healing. Not that the Lord doesn't want to do that, but the Lord is a gentleman and he waits for our invitation. He's not going to force us to deal with it. So take that courageous step towards sainthood, especially this Advent, as we are preparing to receive the Prince of Peace in our hearts. You might find that that you need a little extra help and that's perfectly fine. That's actually not uncommon. Go seek a counselor. Catholic counselors are awesome. Non-religious affiliated counselors are also great too. I've had counseling for many years and it's so helpful because counseling helps you. It helps you in achieving wholeness, right? Psychological and emotional wholeness. And you need wholeness in order to have holiness, you know? So you need wholeness so that we can, you know, continue to grow and to not be lacking in anything as we move forward on our journey of theosis. And that's all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you liked this episode. I really liked it. And if you felt inspired, encouraged, convicted, or anything of that sort throughout this episode, I'd like to ask you if you would share this episode with a friend. So will you? Will you share it? Remember that you can also send your friends to clumsytheosis.net. And you might want to go there and check out the website yourself. I'm pretty proud of it. In the meantime, please follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter if you want to see what I'm doing throughout the week, how the Lord's moving me and my spiritual life and my advent. And I've been having a lot of fun with Instagram lately, just doodling. I mean, I, I, I like street art. I don't know if anyone else likes street art. Some people would call it graffiti. I think it's beautiful. Um, I am by no means <laughs> a street artist, I wish. But I've been having fun doodling on pictures and just kind of bringing my own personality to them. So you might find it interesting yourself. And you can find me on all of these places, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Clumsy Theosis. Put at Clumsy Theosis in the search and you'll find me. All right, everybody. Until next week, peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.